Hey everyone, welcome to the show. This is my podcast where I have deep conversations with the people who are enabling organizations to become ready for the future of work. My guests include mindfulness coaches, the folks behind Singapore's most popular investment app, the MD from OC Tenor, and many more. They all have one thing in common, and that is to help level up your organizations through your people. My guest today is the founder and CEO of Matchcast, an ad tech platform that automates podcast advertising for brands to take the pain out of finding the right podcast to create campaigns that resonate with their audience. Prior to building Matchcast, she was the Chief Marketing Officer with Redmart and NTUC Link, and has spent over 18 years working in the US, UK, and Southeast Asia, building MarTech and EdTech platforms for companies such as MediaCorp, TripAdvisor, MySpace, and Element 14. Prior to COVID, she could be seen living in multiple cities in Southeast Asia several months at a time. Aside from building match cards, she is also an angel investor in various startups and consults on marketing and advertising technology globally. Please welcome Jamie Ng. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me. So could you tell us more about MatchCast and what problem is it trying to solve? Yeah, absolutely. So I started building MatchCast, uh, I would say, beginning of 2019. It came through an ideation that I had because I was doing the EF program in Hong Kong and I saw the boom of Himalaya out there. And I was, as a marketer myself, I was trying to solve a problem, which is what is the next sort of media that I can really inject my influence in? And audio was something new then. I, I didn't quite think of it immediately. But when I started looking into audio advertising, it was it looked very dated to me. It was like from the 1980s and not much uh, technology has been injected into it. Obviously, you know, with Facebook and Google, they've actually made um, marketing a lot more uh, technology driven. But in audio, that has somewhat been left uh, sort of in the 80s and nothing really much has changed. So when I started looking into that, then I saw that podcast advertising was really sort of this manual effort, even though podcast is really growing all over the world and advertisers are clamoring to be into podcasts and they want to advertise in podcasts. But the problem is there isn't really a solution out there that help them very effectively uh, first identify the right podcasts that are relevant for their brands. Second, then very quickly be able to identify how to actually place an ad. Some of the advertisers that we spoke to that very early on had invested into podcast advertising realized that they actually have to spend a very manual effort to reach out to each individual podcasters and contact them directly, which then takes sort of this whole effort of programmatic, you know, advertising and marketing from like weeks to months. And I realized that there was, that was a huge opportunity really for, for Matchcast, obviously, you know, to build something which... So to streamline this process, so really what we do in essence is we are an ad tech platform that helps to automate podcast advertising for brands. So we help podcaster match with brands and vice versa. And I understand you were previously from the ad tech industry as well? Yeah, I was a marketer for many, many years, you know, and I kind of stumbled into ad tech over the last couple of years when Facebook and, and yeah, I was with a company called MySpace. I don't know how many people remember. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So MySpace, I was I was already sort of uh, part of MySpace team in the, out in the US and then obviously followed the whole evolution of social media and, and marketing and how that has changed uh, over the years. So very much I've been building, my career has been built on building sort of MarTech and AdTech platforms 
for companies that I've been with, you know, in the past couple of years. So specifically like Redmark, you know, NTUC Link, where we're building our own in-house uh, marketing technology. So yeah, very much spent a, quite a fair bit of my life in, in building MarTech and EdTech platforms. And based on your description of MatchCars, I would imagine it, or it reminds me of companies like Gush Cloud bringing the uh, fragmented influencer market together. But of course, in your case, you are trying to bring all the uh, podcasts together. And you, you, it, it, it is quite an interesting ecosystem right now. I just rebooted my podcast not so long ago, and there are many things that I'm trying to do, people that I'm trying to reach out. But it can be very, very exhausting just trying to go down that rabbit hole. What's your thought about the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, right on the on the dot with regards to you know liken it to you know the social media influencer industry. Um, podcaster like yourself is essentially a social media influencer. Uh, the only difference I would say is that you are uh, using your voice, your audio platform, uh, your podcast to actually influence. And I think in essence, the act of finding you as a podcaster is just as complex as finding a micro-influencer. Obviously, you know, where social media um, advertising started, a lot of the companies started with the bigger names, celebrities, but over time, they realized that micro-influencers, which is your, you know, your everyday person that is very active on social media, has garnered a very strong following would be ideal for them but then there was really no platforms out there to actually identify these so companies over the last i think couple of years have started building that within the social media space uh, which is called micro influencer platform we saw ourselves similar in the way that we are actually solving very much the same solution except that you know it is in the voice uh, industry rather than in the social media space and with regards to fragmentation i think it's interesting I, i think obviously i mean as I mentioned earlier, your podcasting really started because of radio and then with the fact that you have the internet starting. In essence, podcast to me, it's an industry that's kind of been rebooted a few times. But obviously, this time we call it the golden age of podcasting simply because the internet have made podcasting so much more possible. The possibility, the viability of creating a podcast by anyone is there. And therefore, uh, it causes fragmentation because anyone could be creating a podcast right now, any time in the world, at any hours of the day. But identifying those podcasters are not that easy. So I think technology is where we're trying to solve the problem and solve the problem of this fragmentation by using technology to identify podcasters very easily. Do you have any data points on the number of podcasts that are currently in Asia? Yeah, absolutely. So if you look at, so we actually recently just launched a a really interesting product called Podcast Insight. It's exactly to answer questions like that. We didn't really have a lot of data point when we first started Matchcast. We didn't have a way to identify podcasts by country, by language. We didn't know how many podcasts were there, how many were active. And active by that, we mean by, you know, having an episode in the last 90 days or so. And we really started building this product over the last month and the traction has been fantastic. So we've seen actually our brands uh, using it. We've actually used it very much to uh, share insights and information. So obviously the website is available at uh, matchcast.com uh, slash podcast insight. You'll be able to find it on our, and you'll be able to actually filter down quite a few info, uh, be able to see like what country has how many numbers of episodes, 
and what are the top 10 popular language that's in podcasts? Are, you, are there any other companies that's doing something similar to what you're trying to solve right now? Yeah, good question. So I think podcasting in Southeast Asia, I think we're definitely the only one. Around the world, yes, we're not. We're not the only one. There are definitely companies that are doing very similar to what we are doing in the U.S., but we actually took a little bit of a different route. So obviously I started uh, sort of doing, started this idea, this company from Hong Kong and then came back to Singapore. I'm a Singaporean, by the way, <laughs> and then came back to Singapore to incorporate it, the company. And what had happened was I really wanted to kind of figure out whether podcasting by the time it actually comes to Asia will be in the right space to be a leader within this uh, industry. And I also saw a, a difference why I wanted to be positioned in Southeast Asia. Language is actually a very key differentiator in podcasts. Everyone in the U.S., well, very bullish. The tribe is there. You know, everyone's talking about podcast advertising in the U.S. I think they have an easier time. We actually have a harder time being in Asia simply because we're dealing with, one, the logistic awareness. And then I think the third thing is just really the language itself. So companies that are, I would say, a quote-unquote our competitor don't really have the ability to differentiate between uh, multi-language podcasts where we do. The other thing I think we're really strong in, we've started to build a network around the region. So we've actually managed to really garner the attention of advertisers within that's looking to advertise within the region into countries like Indonesia, Vietnam, Malaysia. So very separately from this, we've actually grown our network of podcasters within this region as well. So I think we're, we've moved off to a different tangent while doing the same thing, just that our base is fundamentally very different from our competitors out in the US or any other part of the world. Mm, I think the different languages in this part of the world could also be a huge advantage because from where I come from, I, I do work with companies in different countries and if you can get it right, the opportunity is actually boundless. And even in Singapore, I don't understand the number one podcast that's based in Singapore is OK, Let's Go. And they actually broadcast in, in Malay. Yes. Yet you would think that, you know, an English language podcast would be number one, but it's not the case. So it is quite interesting. And I think, of course, they, they are getting a lot of traffic from Malaysia, from Indonesia, which really helped to put Singapore on the web, on the map as well. Yes, absolutely. You are you are, I mean, spot on with those comments and, and you're absolutely right. So language options like that, you know, in Singapore, we actually saw four, three, three languages. So obviously, you know, English, Chinese and Bahasa is definitely, I mean, an option There's beside just English alone. Where else, where in the Western world, they would just focus on everything in English and they don't really have, I would say, the localization effort, which, you know, perhaps if you look at Thailand, you know, the podcast could be in English as well as in Thai. So what then happens with all the Thai podcasts that are really popular as well as in Indonesia? So, so yes, I think that's a huge opportunity that we're looking at. And that's why we're still, you know, working on Matchcast right here in Southeast Asia. So your key activity right now is to bring in more podcasts or are you also reaching out to advertisers at the same time? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I think we are looking at, you know, a few ways, obviously with podcasters, I think our goal is we're, we're, we are somewhat like a marketplace. So, you know, having as much quantity on each side is always good for us. With, with regards to podcasters, we have actually, we want to put ourselves out there to really encourage independent podcasters, obviously, since it's a platform that they can use for free, 
they can sign up for free. They can actually register for an account. And, you know, basically what then happens is we'll be able to match them with the brands that are in our, that's looking for podcast advertising within our system. And what's really great, I think, is we're trying to reach out to as many independent podcasters as possible. But on the cuff, we're also working very actively on the, I would say, the network side, which is basically what we would deem as a group of podcasters or a company with more than one podcast that they manage or produce. So some of our partners on networks like that, uh, for example, Waves, whom we partner with in Vietnam, actually produces about, I think, 20 shows to 50 shows a month, working with both their partners as well as themselves. So that actually allows us to really just basically capture a bigger pie of the podcast in each country. Separately, I think because of my background as a marketer, I think we've been very lucky with a lot of the brands uh, reaching out. You know, a lot of them are previous contacts that I've had. But most importantly, I think being a marketer, I'm able to stand in their in their shoes and figure out, you know, the problems that they're experiencing, the problem that they're trying to solve, and basically encourage them to get onto our platform and just really uh, work very actively with the podcasters that we have uh, within the system itself. Knowing so many podcasts out there, you definitely must listen to a lot. Are there any of your top three favorites right now? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So there are some that I won't say there are podcasts that I follow on a regular basis. I've been doing, so I, I'm sure everyone knows that, you know, Spotify bought over Gimlet. So what they may not know is actually the Gimlet founder started a podcast called The Startup. And I'm, I'm actually backtracking their journey. So I actually listened to every episode of the startup when they started Kimlet, which is like way back in 2014. So I've been listening to that. I really enjoy Founders Talk as well. So it's very relevant to what I do. Listening to a lot of different founders that, and the experience, they could be talking a little bit about marketing. They could sometimes be talking about hiring. They could sometimes even be talking about culture, how to bring a company remote and and I really enjoy that. And I think the last one, probably every now and then, I would listen to maybe the 20 Minute VC, which I think it's kind of what I do to up my VC game a bit. But the, yeah, these are the, I would say, straight off the bat, the three podcasts I listen to on a more or less so on a regular basis. You mentioned about the uh, Spotify thing, and I've been listening to podcasts for quite some time. And most recently, I think the biggest news, at least in the Western side of the world, is Spotify making the Joe Rogan experience an exclusive thing and people who's loving it there's people like I think that the founder of Overcast he talked about it on uh, the, this week a startup that it's not exactly an ideal situation uh, where, where do you think this is hitting what's your thought on this yeah it's a good question I think I think the excitement generated by Spotify and, and sort of making an investment into podcasts has definitely, I think, given the overall excitement of podcasts, I think in the last year, really high. I, I think, you know, just simply because people are starting to see that, hey, you know, there's investment coming into podcasts, there's a potential for, you know, for VC money, there's a potential for even exit that has then definitely garnered a lot more attention, a lot more innovation in the space. I think with regards to Spotify's strategy, I think it's, it's you know, obviously a strategy that they have taken on board. They, I think the CEO very openly said that they only want to own like probably the top 3% of all podcasts. And I do mean own. So the strategy of them buying up Gimlet, the strategy of them, you know, having the exclusivity with Joe Rogan is really to own the end-to-end, -end, meaning that everything from 
the the, the sales, the ads, uh, to actually where you can actually hear the show is there. For me, I think it's it might be a little bit more of an aggressive take. I, I actually think that, you know, where podcasting is, it's a very open platform. But unfortunately, I think when you're looking at space, you're trying to dominate, you know, you don't really want that openness because the openness would then allow other people. Like right now, at this moment, you can listen to Joe Rogan's show probably in 14 different players. The only reason they wanted the exclusivity was so that you can only listen to Joe Rogan on one place, which is Spotify and nowhere else. And that was the intention. So, you know, removing Joe Rogan for every single player out there and then putting it in Spotify to make sure that the migration of the listeners follow with him to Spotify. But then obviously, you know, being able to control, I, I think a talent like Joe Rogan, where he's going to talk off the cuff about certain topics that's going to cause some distress within the uh, Spotify corporate and, and, and internal staffing team might be something that, you know, obviously something that's out of what they can do. I believe that has already started. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I think Spotify is not going to censor Joe Rogan for that because they do need that. They do want him to have that. And contractually, they might already have some, some things in place where, you know, he's not going to be censored by any media that he chooses to go with, right? Mm, that's right. And you, you, you mentioned you started this business um, last year and of course yeah. the pandemic. Has yes. this affected your business? Although for myself, if it's not because of the pandemic, I probably may not have revisited my podcast. Yes, exactly. It hasn't really... Yeah, interesting. I, I think when the pandemic first started, I was actually still in traveling. I was still in Vietnam. I remember I was like, uh, literally, I was in Vietnam for two weeks with our tech team. And I was due to travel back because Vietnam is starting that sort of uh, pande- pandemic mode where they were a little bit afraid. They were locking down certain part of the neighborhood. And I was flying back from the airport and the airport was dead quiet. But when I landed in Singapore, it was so bustling. It was like, oh, you know, I was able to move and have like, you know, my my food at a food court where it was bustling everywhere in, a, in an airport. And in two days, the government said, oh, you know, everyone that comes in through, no matter which country, you're going to be quarantined. I literally just escaped it by like 48 hours. I think in hindsight, all in all, it has been somewhat a boom for us, like you. I think what has happened for us is in the beginning of the year, I also made a decision that we will be completely remote. I mean, obviously, we've gone remote quite a fair bit, but the idea of going fully remote as a company was unique simply because we have talent from all over Southeast Asia that works in Matchcast. So it hasn't really affected our productivity as a company. Things moved on. And, and it was very easy, you know, we were already doing what we were doing before the pandemic, we'll just continue to do it during the pandemic. Um, and that, you know, obviously the pandemic gave us a certain sort of uh, realization that what we had done was actually, I would say, a blessing in disguise. There was some impact, I would say, with the advertisers, you know, some advertisers who had originally wanted to launch certain campaign very aggressively this year sort of took a little bit of a backstab and said, you know, look, let's review this later on in the quarter, looking at how the pandemic has changed. And I think that's slowly coming back. So I would say that's the only real, I would say, significant change we've seen. And for any podcaster that might be listening to this right now and is keen to be part of your platform, where should it begin? Oh, yeah. First thing, just go to Matchcast. Basically, our website is www.matchcast with an S. Dot com and just sign up for an account right there. There's a little big 
button that just you know, tells them to get started and just go there, sign up for an account. There's really no loss. I mean, it's completely free for a podcaster. The reason we actually ask you to just add yourself to the platform is so that we actually can identify you among all the millions of podcasters that are out there. And how many podcasts are already registered on your platform? Yeah, we have actually a number of podcasters per se isn't very, very high because we remember, I met, as I earlier mentioned, we have basically Waves, which has one account with us. And then they have added, they have added like 50 shows. Right now on our platform, we're actually looking at about 700,000 podcasters from around the world. Wow, that's a huge number. Yeah, it's actually... Well, it's actually should be higher than that. We're only about halfway through. If you look at the number of podcasts, it's about 1.4 million. So technically, we are we should be about 1.2 million number of podcasters. So we're about halfway there only. And this 1.4 million? No, they're actually all over the world. So there's about 1.4 million podcast titles out there already. At the rate we're looking at, we're looking at about... Uh, a hundred thousand increase in podcast title every week. And and do you have any data points on the segmentations or the positionings of this of this podcast? Because there will be a podcast on travel and a podcast on food. Hmm. Which would be the highest sector? Yeah, actually, that's a great question. So it's also let me just very quickly go to our website. I'll probably be able to tell you right off the bat. <laughs> I recall, uh, society and culture was like one of the top uh, categories around the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. So if you actually go to our website, you'll be able to find the popular podcast category. And that actually tells you all the categories, the top 10 categories that are very popular across all country. But what we have actually recently done was actually we, we opened up a, a, a little bit more insights, actually quite a lot. So on the, on the website, they currently look at, you probably are looking at about six, seven filters that are available uh, on the free version. But if you are actually a brand advertiser, you'll be looking at about, I think, 25 different filters across all country. So we split down by country. I'll be able to look at what is the popular podcast categories that's just in Singapore, top podcast that's in Singapore, and as well as what's the latest podcast that have been added into Singapore and what language it is in, what tracker, what hosting, everything. We'll be able to do that in, in our in our brand insights but currently if you look at like from what you've just asked what are the most popular podcast categories around the world i think society and culture ranks really highly followed by education religion actually and then followed by business as well as arts so uh, what's next on the roadmap for you what's uh, coming up next for match cars over the rest of this year in 2021 yeah great question so I think we've been really excited about sort of this, you know, we've been actively building platforms, meaning that, you know, we've been actively adding new features into our technology. And we've actually been been really successful in, you know, releasing quite a few big, I would say, features that are very popular. One of the one of the other features that has been very popular was obviously sort of this data analytics where we actually sync with Spotify and anchor to collect all your data analytics on the platform so that if you have an advertisers, you don't have to worry about the the advertising reporting that will come after you've been ever you have a sponsor. We've been doing a lot of that. So I think our focus now is really two from moving, I would say the remaining of this quarter and early next year we'll be focusing on 
a lot more partnership from the brand side. We have agencies that started reaching out to us. We have uh, brands that are really looking to scale on the advertising budget next year. So we're actively working in that space. I think two things also, I think on a side project that we really wanted to do was we wanted to start an activity around podcasting, uh, the state of podcasting in Southeast Asia, understanding where everyone stands. So we will definitely send you a, a survey question, and Adrian, and ask you what you think about podcasting in this region. Getting insights like, you know, how many podcasters are doing it uh, as a hobby, how many podcasters actually see themselves being able to, you know, make this a career or somewhat uh, a monetization option. And then also generally asking about things like listenerships, you know, categories that they are working in. And and and, and basically started starting things like webinars with uh, a conversation with the podcasters and our brands together. With so much going on, would you be looking up hire new people as well? Yes, absolutely. So hiring is definitely on top of our, you know, roadmap. We're actually in the lookout for a really strong content writer or head of content, if you may, that kind of is a full stack content writer that writes across all our, you know, everything from landing pages to emails, onboarding to even, you know, managing this uh, very interesting uh, state of podcasting for Asia, reporting uh, and survey that we want to do on a quarterly basis. Yeah, we're definitely on the roadmap for quite a few roles, uh, as well as product managers, as well as potentially, you know, more more sort of, I would say, agency brand uh, uh, leads that could actually work with brands to actually bring them onto our platform. For people that's interested to find out more about Benchcast, as well as the positions they're hiring for, I'll be putting all this in the show notes. And Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope wish you continued success in your journey with Benchcast. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Adrian. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it will be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this podcast and the episodes out to more people who may find it useful. I will see you in the next episode of The Adrian Tan Show.